Welcome to the Thriving Wellness Podcast, where we encourage and empower everyone to live their lives up to their true potential and share valuable conversations that are translated into action steps for the lifestyle that makes you thrive. Here are your hosts, Ryan and AJ. Welcome back to Thriving Wellness Podcast. And today I'm sitting down with Aaron Byer, and he's an entrepreneur uh, based in Bali and originally from Vancouver. He founded three different companies in the past three years, and it's been a long and windy road. So <laughs> let's kick it off with that, man. Minor correction is I've founded two businesses in Bali for the last, in the last three years, and then Dave made me a partner in the Yogi Lab, mm. uh, the, the last, the third business. Yeah, we got connected through chance really totally and uh we kind of clicked right away yeah. and wanted to explore things deeper and one of them to explore deeper is meditation yeah so how did you discover it man oh man meditation really my world opened up when i discovered meditation uh before meditation uh i was a kickboxer in canada i lived a very different lifestyle i was involved in the drug trade organized crime i was addicted to drugs that i was selling don't get high on your own supply is a good rule. Just everybody should know that one. I didn't listen to it. Um, and things were a little crazy for me. In that time, I realized that I was um, missing something deep in my life. I had the money, I had the power, I had the women. Uh, Scarface would have been proud. <laughs> but, <laughs> but bro, I was unhappy. Mm. I, was, I was really actually an unhappy person. Hence why I did so much drugs. I was uh, missing something right at the core of everything. And that was contentment. There was never enough. Mm -hmm. um, kickboxing was great. I got to move my body. I had camaraderie, which is really what I needed was connection. And um, when I couldn't kickbox anymore, I had way too many concussions. I've had 11 concussions. I'm proud I'm able to formulate sentences at this time. <laughs> I'm um, doing pretty well. I'm doing pretty yeah. good. <laughs> Drool. Um, <laughs> you know, it was, a, it was a time where I needed more and uh, I couldn't kickbox anymore. And yoga was becoming cool. Mm -hmm. It was becoming socially acceptable for guys to do yoga. Um, and so I started with yoga and I started a yoga practice and I started really uh, realizing I was getting some benefits from it other than just sitting in the back of the room and seeing lots of girls' butts. Mm -hmm. When you start getting more out of yoga practice than girls' butts, you're getting somewhere. Right. And that, that does happen for all the guys out there. Keep trying, keep doing it because you're going to get something out of the practice that's worth more than butts. I know it's hard to think in that, in that term terminology. <laughs> There's more out there than butts. Um, as I started getting into yoga, there was little meditations at the end of classes. And I tried this whole meditation thing and it was really hard for me to sit still. It was really difficult for me to actually be able to um, sit still and conquer my own thoughts for five minutes. And I started with an app, um, Headspace, and it was cool. And it was okay, I can start getting into it. And that was a good beginner's leap into meditation to start off with something. Mm. Um, but it really was when I started getting more serious about my yoga practice and I could stay still on the mat for, you know, an hour, then I could actually start stilling my mind and then get into a meditation practice. And that was right after when I moved to Bali, when I left all the chaos in my outer world, I started able to be, be able to work on my inner world. And so when I got to Bali, I started being able to start doing some more deeper inner work and meditation was like the, at the root cause of it. So I was like, cool, five minutes turned into 10 minutes. Great. 
10 minutes turned into 15 minutes. When I hit the 20 minute mark, I was like, hey, I'm actually beginning to build some momentum here. And things started shifting around me. I was becoming less reactive. I started realizing I was investing more time in myself and, and actual inner work rather than just being able to do cool yoga poses and, mm -hmm. and shit like that rather than external things. It was more diving in that way. So that was when I started noticing an actual shift was I actually put some more time in. So how did you transition from Vancouver, you said drug trade to Bali? What brought you here? Julia Roberts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Elaborate. <laughs> I saw Eat, Pray, Love, to be honest. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. I was, I, was, um, I was in the midst of getting clean, shifting my life around, and I saw Eat, Pray, Love, to be totally honest, at the right time. Mm -hmm. And it was something that I was like, shit, that place looks pretty dope. <laughs> and, and so I had, done a, I had done this African plant root called Iboga. Okay. Have you ever heard of it? Burga. Sir? Iboga. Okay. Yeah, but I did the distillation of it called Ibogaine. Right, right. And it's an intensely... Okay, it's, it's not something I would like, I would like tell you, like, you got to go try this unless you need it. Because it's like, um, ayahuasca is like your grandmother, like leading you into like, there's more to the universe. Here's the way for your path. Right. Iboga is like your stern father being like, you fucked up and this is how you need to be accountable for your actions. Listen here. And you're like, fuck. It's, it's quite intense. Mm -hmm. um, and that's something that I had to be reckoned with. I had to face myself. And it was at a time, uh, one week of doing this in the times in between you get to watch fluffy movies they're like don't watch anything violent right uh, don't watch anything too serious because it's going to come into your journeys later on mm -hmm. so after i exhausted all my options and i watched all the documentaries and cartoons i possibly could the last thing on netflix that i didn't watch that week was eat pray love and that was the one i needed to see because after i saw it after i did the next iboga eight hour sit or lay down because if you move you'll throw up mm -hmm. it was like i booked my tickets to bali I came to Bali and I did a yoga teacher training with Denise Payne. And that was like the shift into, into trying a new life. And that was my first taste of Bali. And imagine me, I'd say eight to 10 times more douchey than I am now. That guy showing up to a yoga teacher training, like still, still a dope dealer, still managing things from Bali <laughs> in a yoga teacher training with a bunch of girls that are drinking green juice and eating quinoa and kale. And I'm showing up to there with big, big, bigger diamond earrings than I had now in a Louis Vuitton shirt. Like, what's up? You guys want to do yoga? It's <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. Oh, I, to I, see that. <laughs> I thank Denise Payne for being a strong woman and snapping my ego over her knee. She didn't take any shit. Mm -hmm. And if I went to a fluffy yoga teacher, I probably would have been like, oh, it's all light and love, Aaron. Mur, mur, mur. She was like, you need to be responsible for your bullshit and get serious about your practice. And that's what I needed. Right. And from that, I was like, I fell in love with Bali because it's a place where you can transform. Uh, this is an island that then attracts a lot of people in from around the world that all are on these different journeys that have crazy different past lives that then can make something new out of themselves. Mm -hmm. So it was a place where I was able to come and transform and then start my practice. So it's, it sounds like you were masking your, your feelings, you were masking yeah. your uh, responsibilities with addiction. And so that kind of turned into a different form of, form of addiction. Yeah. It's just... So now you're just getting high on your own supply. So it's up. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, that was that was filling a void in myself, and that's what the the power and the sex and the money was doing. And then to be filling that with my own personal power was something I really needed to do. So then filling it with my own self practice and realizing I could change my mental states 
I could uh, get less reactive to my emotions and I could actually have a more clear version of me rather than all these external crazy things that I was putting around me to try to buff up the idea of who I was. Mm. Um, this is where I got to learn these things. Uh, it was a powerful time, huge, huge shifting time. Um, it was hard to stay the same guy for more than three months. I kept learning new things and I kept shifting. It was the most transformational time of my life. Right. And uh, what did it feel like to get rid of those, strip yourself of material things, material um, possessions? Oh, that was a crazy time. I sold everything I had. Mm. I left Vancouver. I sold almost everything I had, but I, I left and I sold the cars. I sold the apartments. Um, I got rid of all this bullshit stuff that I realized I owned a bunch of things, but really they ended up owning me. Right. So it was, it was, it was a difficult time. So again, that's very valuable. <laughs> <laughs> all the things I owned actually owned me. I thought how important it was to have a Gucci belt. And it's like, mm -hmm. no, this is bullshit. You wore it out here. It was tacky. Mm -hmm. I didn't think it was tacky back in the concrete jungle, but yeah, this, this was, it was all these things that I thought were important. Right. So to strip those were intensely freeing. And then I went through a stage of thinking if I wore mala beads and wore sacred geometry and looked as spiritual as possible, then that would change my state. It was the same fucking thing, just in a different, uh, different costume. Right. So I went from gangster Aaron to super spiritual Aaron and I was on this end of the spectrum and I was, and I'm grateful for that time because I got to try what worked and what didn't. Mm -hmm. And that was, uh, trying how spiritual could I possibly be and then filtering out the bullshit through that. And then went, went somewhere in the middle. And during that time I was launching businesses and that's when I started to be able to like actually start things from start to finish mm -hmm. and build and grow. And it was from the meditation practice, investing in myself and, uh, building community and then meeting awesome people. And that was it. That was it. That was it. That was it. So it kind of sounds like you, you found yourself in between yep. and that's where the power lied. I'm still finding myself, but that was, yeah, a, definitely mm -hmm. a time when I was able to figure out in between those things, who I was and filtering out, um, people that I knew I, I wanted to be close with. So it was like, I started conscious arts tattoo shop. And that was like, I was totally a, a bearded hippie at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, then I went on to move on to Karma House and building Karma House. Uh, I really realized how difficult it was to build something in Indonesia, in Indonesia. And I had this, Conscious Arts was instantly successful. And I had the idea in a meditation retreat to do it. Right. It was just a download came through. Uh, so I was like, sweet, I did it instantly. The most successful shop in Ubud. We had a social impact. We're giving back to charity. And I was meditating then probably half an hour morning, half an hour at night, religiously mm. and, uh, at, at minimum. And I started seeing when I put, I had an idea and I put a bit of energy into it. It started formulating and I was like, well, things are kind of trippy. Like if I want something, I can do it. Right. And I started thinking, oh, I want these kind of characters in my life. And they started coming in and that was cool. I met Dave in a hot tub on my birthday in Uluwatu and we just saw each other. And you know, when you see somebody and like much like how we were in our connection, you're like, yeah, cool. We're cool. Yeah. <laughs> and I just saw this guy meditating on the other end of the fire. And I was like, sitting there like a statue. And I'm like, yeah, I gotta talk to this guy. We just looked at each other. We gave each other a little acknowledgement, like, what's up? Okay. And then later we connected and started talking about meditation. Yeah. You're drawn to that yeah. connection. And the, yeah. so yeah, something that I want to dive into is yeah. Uh, surround yourself with people yeah. you, that you look up to that can teach you something, yeah. can take you places and, um, and not as a transactional relationship, but yeah. actually like a sharing your values and sharing your knowledge. So how did that, how did that turn into, into relationships with the people that you met here? 
Oh man, it was like there was space in relationships and reciprocity. So we mm -hmm. could jam and we can teach each other things. Right. I could feel that. And there was space in it. I'm not shoving my stuff I'm trying to teach into your into your space and you're not doing the, the way backwards. It was more like, oh, you got some cool things. You got a different flavor that I haven't experienced yet. And I got one and we could, we could grow. We're both capable individuals and we're able to jam. And that was what it was like when I met Dave. Mm -hmm. uh, we just got along really well. And this was our, the basis for, of our friendship was him coming up to Ubud, seeing my shops and I was building, starting to build Karma House and he was coming up and teaching me meditation. So I was like, cool, my meditation teacher friend um, coming up to visit me and we just jammed like that. I had no idea like the depth of who he was and what he did at that point. Right. We were just homies connecting on this. I didn't see the Astana yet. So mm -hmm. it was just like, cool, this was a place where it was like, we got along because we gave each other space and um, and just there was just a connection there. So we just got along and that's how what Yogi Lab is about. We love working with people we just get along with. And we know that we're both powerful individuals. We can get shit done, but can we get along as well? Can we leave mm -hmm. the ego out of things and give each other space to be us? And then with that space, you're able to learn from each other. Right. So that was cool. Like um, Mikkel for the first time, our creative director came in and uh, he interviewed me for his podcast but we, we were able to filter out a lot of ego-y stuff and just got along really well. And since then, so much created out of that that we were able to now be working on the same team. And it came from that. It's just like, can we give space? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's just something that you brought up, men. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, yeah, good topic. Right? And how we try to kind of close that gap uh, to prove ourselves that we're more powerful that our egos step in and yeah. uh, we kind of want to see that we're, we're better than the other and whatever it is. And then so, you must, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but like <laughs> you must face that a lot because you come in as a massive dude and I bet you a lot of people might think that threatening. That's, that's a thing. That's a problem. And, yeah. uh, the, the, and how people see me as a, just a big guy yeah. and don't really acknowledge that there are more layers to it Depth and, and that, character. that actually drives me crazy personally I bet, I and bet. and that's uh something that i'm still i still get annoyed <laughs> annoyed with and i know that it's not my problem it's uh yeah. just people not willing to dig deeper but yeah. it's actually a great filter so mm. that's why i'm obviously face that all the time i'm covered in tattoos head mm. to toe uh, so people will judge me off the bat. Right. And so they'll look at me and they'll be like, this guy's a thug or something like right, that. Right, right, right. And yeah. then when I get to jam with people a little bit further and they see that, and much like you, it's like your energy comes to play. And that's what speaks the loudest. Mm -hmm. And so if you're well-practiced or you're a capable individual and you're giving space, you're able to jam with people and just give a bit of space and get to see where you're at and I'm um, not overtaking things, then I get to, and I feel comfortable and people feel comfortable. And that's when I get to be, I'm a connector, I'm a people person. Right, right, right. So that's cool. And the people that can't um, filter out or uh, that get filtered out from this external mm -hmm. that I got going on here, that's cool. It works in my favor actually now. I guess, yeah, actually that's, yeah. That's a good, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Yeah, <laughs> good way yeah. to look at it. And so how do you personally, when you're interacting with people um, and we still have a primal, primal drive to prove that we're better in, yeah, in the alpha. Sense. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> How would you strip that down and just get to know the human? Yeah. Um, I really had a problem with this at the start, like back in the drug game, back in that mm -hmm. time, everybody is trying to alpha each other. You right. know, you go to a nightclub, everyone's just like, you know, and I, we, our crew bought more bottles than that crew. <laughs> These chumps over here were, were major, they're minor. And it was like, that was the whole thing around that. 
Whereas as I developed a deeper practice and I started meditating a lot more, uh, started knowing myself more, I didn't have the need to project out somewhere because I was projecting before super alpha-ing because uh, I didn't quite really know who I was and what I was about. So all I thought I was was the idea of myself. Right. So my ego was out there like, I'm a big fucking deal. I'm a big shot. Everyone should know this. Whereas now it's just like, I'm just comfortable, I'm more comfortable than I was back then. And so I don't need to project that out. I just rather I could give more space. So you kind of attach your personality <laughs> to something that wasn't. Yeah. And now you're just peeling those layers and just seeing what, what it actually is. Yeah. Right. Uh, a lot of the practice is about truth. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of, a lot of self practices about knowing yourself and rather than projecting out that lie, and then you're able to give space because you just know where you're at. Right. So I don't need to be all up in your shit and I can just be here and give some space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you tap into it? How does one tap into it? It was, mine was out of necessity. Right. I couldn't keep living the same old me. And I was realizing I was the smartest one out of all of my friends because they're all like shooting each other and doing crazy shit. It was just like, that wasn't a reality I wanted to live in anymore. Mm -hmm. I got sick of it. I wanted to grow out of that fish tank or out of that pond. That pond wasn't for me anymore. Luckily as human beings, we can get up, climb out of that pond and upgrade to the next one. We can go to a lake if we want to. We can go to the river, we can go to the ocean. The more you practice, your practice is your vehicle for transformation. Mm -hmm. You can up level, you can level up as long as you keep working here on the inside, then you change your external world, right? So that was how I was able to do it because I just kept working on myself. I knew if I kept this self-practice up, I'm going to keep going places. There's not going to be an end goal or an end destination, but I know my scenery is going to keep getting better. And it obviously has. <laughs> it's Indeed, cool. Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And so now that you brought, brought that up and a lot of people who, are, who have jobs, uh, they their mundane day-to-day -day activities mm -hmm. and they don't really know how to get out of that right and how to find people who would upgrade them. Mm -hmm. So how do you how do you start? Where do you start? Luckily, we live in the day today where information is at our fingertips uh, like overwhelmingly, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, we could find anything on the internet these days. I would say that's the best place to start. Say if you're working a desk job in Kansas, it's like, okay, yeah, that might be a little hard to get out of. You got bills to pay, you got rent, to pay, I get it. But you have an entire world inside you can explore and there's teachings readily available to everyone now uh, that are going to be providing power, like the Yogi Lab mm -hmm. right here. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're doing. We want to be right. providing power for people. Mm -hmm. So these are techniques of power that can help change people's lives. You start changing your perspective, then you can start changing the way you perceive things, then you can start changing the world around you. So if you start working on yourself in different ways, I didn't just start becoming a meditating yogi and I was able to manifest stuff and become a fucking wizard. <laughs> no, man, I started meditating five minutes a day after my yoga classes, which I struggled through, but that's where mm -hmm. I started. And that was five years ago, four years ago, but the practice pays off. So just starting somewhere on that spectrum of the self-work, of the self-work spectrum will get you places. Right. And so that would be my advice for the desk job in Kansas type people. It's like, that's cool, man. Just start working on yourself. Start reading good books. Start, start meditating, start yoga, start somewhere. And you're gonna get some, you're gonna get somewhere, mm -hmm. right? Books, man. That's, that's yeah. my favorite topic. So. Right, dude. Me and Dave have our own little personal book club. And uh, he quote, uh, this, is a, this is a quote for him. I don't know if I'll butcher this one, but it's like, books are places that you're going to be able to have conversations with people smarter than you. 
Yes. Right? Yes. That's a good one. That's really good. So yeah. say if you're in the hood and you're just around dummies, start reading books by people who aren't dummies and you're having conversations with them or you get to listen to them. and then Asking you're, yourself questions, holding a mirror. Yeah, yeah. And expand your perception. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool. Right. Talking about holding a mirror in front of yourself and um, just facing that you're, I mean, when I was transforming and getting out of, you know, let's say nine to five life, mm-hmm. uh, I looked at myself and thought, I'm a piece of shit. Yeah. And that's painful. You don't want to admit that. And yeah. it's it hurts your ego. It hurts everything that you're attached to. And how did you find that transition? It was not, it, yeah, <laughs> man. It's the hardest thing to do to be able to look at your own stuff. It's, um, it's super confronting to realize that you're not the good guy that you think you are in the movie that you're playing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a lot there that um, that challenges your belief system. Right. Uh, perfect example is my mom. And I, like, I love my mom. She's a saint. She's amazing. Great mm-hmm. person. I've been trying to get her to start a bit of the work, but she has what fifty six years of conditioning in her that then challenging those beliefs are quite hard. So right. I've been trying to get her to do it a little bit more. I got her coaching sessions by our friend, Nick Wood. Mm. Uh, I got her, I got her all these things I could do to try to get her to shift and change. And I just realized how hard it was for her to, to shake that um, layer of ego that she made. And um, God bless her, man. I, I get it. It's hard. She's, she's hopefully not too far, far along because she's seen the shifts I had. So she's mm. inching her way. She started meditating a little bit. I got her in it when it was my turn. Um, I knew I had to change and it really hurt to shift who I thought I was. It really was a time of deep, oh fuck, this is, this is hard. Mm-hmm. But I started doing it and listening from people that I knew were more capable than me. So I was like, oh fuck, I don't want to look at myself, but I believe this person has my best interest at hand and is further along than I am. Gotcha. So, right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take from them what fits for me. Maybe it's not everything, mm-hmm. but having people that you know are more developed than yourself in your life is crucial. And what resonates with you and you don't have to as you said you don't have to take everything it's yeah. just what resonates with you yeah. and what can drive you forward yeah it doesn't necessarily have to be every single piece of yeah. advice to take right i've had many mentors and teachers in my lives uh, especially growing up like um and i love them and i hold them so dearly in my hearts and after i've developed a little i wouldn't say further than them but further along in my journey i got to see them as a bit more human mm-hmm. and realize there's parts of their character that wasn't um in my best interest to take on right and that's totally okay because so everyone's an example what not to do totally right totally. there's aspects of that that i see that i could i could surpass but they were so crucial in my development so if you get things that help you at that level you need that and then level up and find somebody that has something at this level of your development that you can get onto but just keep growing mm-hmm. so there's no judgment in that there's just little layers and yeah when does it end the layers doesn't end it doesn't end until you. I wanted to hear that. Yeah. Yeah, I to hear that. <laughs> Which is a cool thing because it's mm. all your life's a journey. It's always going to be a journey. You never want to be stagnant. Right. That's when you're not content with anything. As soon as you're stagnant in your life, for me personally, uh, being stagnant, I, I'll get depressed. Uh, mm. I had to suffer, um, or I've, I've suffered with depression most of my life. I'd say um, since I was probably six, seven, eight years old, around then I realized I had bouts of just feeling quite depressed, this, that. Um, things that would get me through that was moving forward as long as I had a goal. I had, right. I had something to work on. And now that that was something to work on is myself and I'll just learn things. It's like, okay, this is something I could just keep working on. 
No, it's a perpetual journey yeah. that you're taking on. Yeah. Yeah. No, interesting. And um, one more thing I wanted to ask you. Moving forward and growing and discovering and kind of detaching yourself from the past and uh, all the stories that you've been telling. So how is it that you're giving back to the community and how, how is it that you're teaching others to take the path that you've taken? I realized that it's all super connected. Mm -hmm. And the more I worked on myself, the better I was becoming. And the more I helped other people, the better I was becoming. It, it was just it was just working both ways. And that was something that um, when I was getting clean, I realized I needed a mission. And the first mission was I needed to do some good in this world. I know I got a second chance at life. And I know, like, I almost didn't make it. I mm -hmm. know that I'm extremely lucky to have been given this life path and to make it out of where I came from. And that's a gift. And so I'll take that gift, but I know I also have enough to give other people. And so it's like, that's super important. So charity work is really important, especially here on the island of Bali. It's a magical island. Karma is really strong here. The energy is really strong here. So to be giving with everything that we do um, is important and it reflects outwards and just makes you happier. And it's not, a, it's, it's, it's just something that is, you, you see it being interconnected after a while. And you're like, hey, this is the way it works. You get, you give, you get, you give. You give, you'll get. This is how it works. So what's your mission? What's your vision? Oh man, uh, there's a few. I'd say the best one is I want to continue leveling up and doing cool shit with the people I love. And that just makes me super happy. I want to explore. I want to grow. I want to learn. I'll keep learning till I die. And then I want to be able to, in the mean, in the simultaneously, to be able to helping other people along the way. Because I'm not perfect, but I know that there's some people that'll be like, oh shit, if this guy can do it, I can do it. And they'll start on the path. And I've become a better person. I've evolved as a human being from where I was. And if everybody is evolving like that, we're going to live in a better world. And if we're able to change the world for the better, we're doing our job as our cosmic spiritual job. So that's why when Dave brought me in as a partner in Yogi Lab, it was like, oh shit, I can make an impact bigger than just what I was doing. I was having tattoo shops that gave to charity and supported education for Balinese kids. Mm -hmm. And I was like, cool, making an impact. But actually, if I could do it on a global scale. And one of our visions is then to be um, building centers for, uh, for meditation centers and self-work centers for kids in, say, Somalia and stuff like that. If we can take it to that level, we're making a global impact. Right. So it's like, I want to level up enough that then I can make an actual bigger impact. And that is like life mission worth having. If I can get anywhere on that scale, it's worth it. It's like the definition of, of an entrepreneur that they're content with what they have, but they're never happy. <laughs> I would say, yeah, that was a hustler mindset because yeah, yeah. I remember that that was the hustle. I got the Benz. My friend had a Bentley and I was like, damn it, <laughs> this car sucks. Yeah. Yeah, it just never was enough. I got the new Gucci shoes. They're around for a month and a new pair came out. And you're like, damn it, shit was 500 bucks. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like this never ending. Mm -hmm. But on the path to say doing some good and spiritual evolution and growth, there's a lot more lasting contentment in that. Yeah. The thing that is um, on scales of happiness that provides the most amount of contentment is learning a skill, mastering that skill, helping other people along with that same skill. And that's actually the lasting, the most deepest thing that you can do. Mm. So, I'm so that never ending way, never ending path from the material world, yeah. you kind of tra transition into spiritual yeah. self-growth and yeah. development and teaching work. Learn, grow, help, repeat. Nice. It's a good, it's a good That's model. It. That's a good way to end. <laughs> awesome, man. Cool, man. Thanks, buddy. Sweet. Thanks for listening in. 
You can find the show notes and resources at thrivingwellness.co slash podcast. We encourage you to share your biggest takeaways with us on social media and share the show with your friends and family. If you found this episode valuable, leave us a five-star review. Your feedback helps to support us on our mission to positively impact as many people as we can with this information. Join us for our next episodes where we will be interviewing leading wellness professionals to inspire you in your health journey. Until next time.